This is the Immortal Souls Podcast. And those who were seen dancing were thought to be insane by those who could not hear the music. Friedrich Nietzsche. Dance till the stars come down from the rafters. Dance, dance, dance till you drop. W.H. Auden. July 18th, 1518. The sun dawned on another seemingly typical hot July day in the Holy Roman Empire city of Strasbourg, now modern-day France. The townsfolk bustled about their usual business, buying, selling, bartering. The smell of fresh-baked bread wafted through the crowded medieval streets as townsfolk scurried to and fro, trying to avoid the heat of the day as much as possible. The day started off normal enough for Frau Trophier, a resident of Strasbourg. She woke up, got dressed, and went about her morning routine. As the day warmed up, Frau Trophier eventually stepped foot out of her house and headed into town. While walking down a street, she was overcome with a funny feeling. And without realizing it, she started dancing, silently twisting and twirling and swaying back and forth. Her dancing quickly became more frantic, and soon she was soaked with sweat from the hot summer sun and from all of the non-stop dancing. But she didn't stop. Shaking and flailing her arms around as she twirled and sashayed and stumbled down the street. At first, the townsfolk seemed enthusiastic with her energy, and they laughed and clapped along. With the town suffering hardship and uncertain times from disease and famine that was running rampant at the time, how refreshing it was in such dark times to see someone throw their cares to the wind and dance away their sorrows. Well, Frau Trophier danced through the night and into the next day, and still the dancing continued. After several days, she was still at it, seemingly unaware of even basic needs such as food or sleep. I can only imagine after a few days of this, townsfolk were no longer amused, and they probably gave her a wide berth, not knowing what to make of this odd, dancing woman. After a week or so, dozens of people, mainly young women, joined Frau Trophier, and this bizarre flash mob continued feverishly dancing for days to come, hardly stopping to eat or rest. They were seemingly unaware of any mounting fatigue or foot injuries that were sure to come from such prolonged activity. It was as if they were in a sort of trance or delirium. The days turned into weeks, and dozens more joined the dance party. According to various sources, as few as 50 and as many as possibly 400 people joined in the dancing after all was said and done. Can you imagine hundreds of people dancing down the street nonstop for hours and days on end? Sounds pretty creepy to me. Sorry, back to the story. Word of the dancers eventually made its way to the town authorities, including the local bishop and magistrate. They deferred to the local doctors, who were of the opinion that the mysterious dancing was the result of hot blood, 
And the cure was to, you guessed it, dance the fever away. Fight fire with fire, baby. Well, you can't properly dance anything away unless you throw a huge dance party. So the Straussburg Town Council was all over this. Boy, were they going to make those dancers dance like nobody's business. The town promptly cleared an open grain market and erected a large stage. They hired professional dancers and a band of pipers and drummers to kick out some thumping medieval music, while the exhausted and unwitting dancers were dragged onto the stage by the medieval equivalent of bouncers, who kept them propped up so they could continue dancing on stage in the hot summer sun. We don't know how long they were up there, but it appears for several days at least, if not weeks. And not to forget, this was the middle of summer, with the sun pounding down all day long. This spectacle surely drew crowds, and instead of curing the dancers, it had seemingly the opposite effect. Spectators started joining in the dancing, and the situation was escalated. Obviously, the dance party was not the best idea the town had ever had, and it was short-lived. Some accounts say that several dancers collapsed from sheer exhaustion, with a number even dying from strokes or heart attacks. Some accounts state that as many as 15 people a day were dying from the dancing at this point. With the body count piling up, the city council, in its wisdom, determined it had made a mistake with the whole dancing on stage idea. They cleverly concluded that it was actually the wrath of God the dancers were suffering from. Funnily, no mention of heat stroke. And so they promptly ordered public music and dancing banned and ordered a period of penance for the town. The dancers were rounded up and sent up into the hills to a shrine dedicated to St. Vitus, the patron saint of actors, comedians, and dancers, who was thought to have the power to curse sinners with a dancing plague. At the shrine, they had red shoes placed on their feet as they were ordered to walk around a wooden figurine of the saint while praying for absolution. Within a few weeks, most of the dancers had finally stopped dancing. And by September of 1518, a couple of months after it all started with Frau Trophier, the dancing plague was, for all intents and purposes, over. So, this is a total myth, right? An urban legend? In this case, strangely, this actually happened. It is well documented from multiple 16th century sources, and it is still considered one of the strangest medical cases in history. Early explanations for the mysterious phenomenon placed blame on overheated blood or demonic possession, or a curse on the unrepentant from St. Vitus. Given the general beliefs and superstitions of that time period, all of these explanations, though ludicrous today, would have been seriously considered back then. However, as science and medicine have developed over the centuries, more plausible theories have since come forth. Among the more accepted and popular of these theories is the belief that the dancing plague was caused by people eating bread contaminated with the ergot fungi, which is a toxic and psychoactive mold that grows on damp rye and other grains in the wheat family. Once ingested, this mold causes muscle spasms and hallucinations, which are similar effects to the drug LSD. The American medical historian John Waller disagreed with this theory, though. He argued that, quote, this theory does not seem tenable, 
since it is unlikely that those poisoned by ergot could have danced for days at a time, nor would so many people have reacted to its psychotropic chemicals in the same way. Close quote. Instead, Waller was of the opinion that the afflicted dancers suffered a type of mass hysteria, or as he termed it, stress-induced psychosis on a mass level. This theory actually seems to currently be the one most accepted by medical practitioners and historians. The idea is that people of Strasbourg were under a ton of psychological stress from civil unrest, plagues, and famines, and the resulting starvation, disease, and economic hardships running rampant through the region at the time. Mixing this stress with a large dose of religious fervor and superstition that was common for the time, if we remember the ever-looming curse of St. Vitus, something triggered in the emotionally frail and likely suggestive state of these groups of people, causing what is known as psychogenic movement disorder happening in mass psychogenic illness, which involves many people suddenly exhibiting the same behavior. Similar to a traditional virus or epidemic, this behavior spreads widely and quickly. In this particular case, the behavior was entering into a trance-like dissociative state while the body remained in constant motion. This idea of mass psychogenic illness is strengthened by the fact that several other cases of dancing plague, though more mild in scope, were documented in the same region along the Rhine River during preceding medieval time periods. Taking this into account, perhaps the knowledge of these earlier dance manias was ingrained enough in the collective subconscious that the people unwittingly succumbed to the behavior. Maybe they were triggered by both mental stress and other factors, such as superstitions and religious beliefs, as we have already discussed. And maybe even just this suggestive influence of observing their friends and neighbors fall victim to the mania. Whatever the case, it is a mystery to this day why so many people all at once started dancing. So, those are the main theories for what happened. The dancing plague of 1518 was the last of its kind, and we don't know for sure what exactly happened or why. Or why, for that matter, there were no more documented dancing plagues after the one in 1518. Did these plagues simply fall out of fashion in a sense, as societal trends continued to shift with the passage of time? It makes sense that people after that time continued to suffer similar levels of hardships and psychological stress factors as previously. But maybe they just found different ways to deal with the stress. Perhaps with the changing times and beliefs and cultural sensibilities, their subconscious minds simply turned to different coping mechanisms. But yeah, who really knows? As the Austrian singer Constanza Mozart once said, dancing is like dreaming with your feet. Well, as the folks of medieval Strasbourg experienced firsthand, the line between dreams and nightmares can be very thin indeed. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Immortal Souls podcast. For show notes, more information, pictures, or just to say hi, check us out at our website, immortalsoulspodcast.com, Instagram, or Facebook. Five-star reviews are hugely appreciated and super helpful. Until next time, keep walking the roads less traveled. 